Hey, everybody. Welcome to BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty, a podcast for beauty, barbering, and wellness professionals looking for successful, sustainable, and satisfying careers. Every Sunday, we feature brilliant professionals from across the industry offering their best advice on a variety of topics. I'm Gordon Miller, CEO of BeautyCast Network and your podcast host. And today, we are here with the multi-talented Julia Pettis, winner of the prestigious Naha Makeup Artist of the Year. She's recipient of the International Beauty Industry Award, and most recently, in 2023, the Denman Stage Star USA, and that is just a few of her many awards and accolades. Julia is an independent, duly licensed makeup artist and hairstylist. She's also a session stylist and educator whose work spans film, television, and the editorial world. Um, she is a great, great friend of BeautyCast, and I just want to say welcome to the podcast, Julia Pettis. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here. And thank you for that very kind introduction. I appreciate it. It is so well-deserved. And I have to say, I, I mentioned you're just back from London at one of the most important beauty shows in the entire world. And um, you did something I was surprised to learn. Yes. So I was at Salon International a couple of weeks ago, and I am the Denman Stage Star 2023 USA. So basically what that was, was I got to represent the United States in a global competition. And uh, it was myself as USA up against Japan, France, and the UK. And we had 30 minutes on stage um, and we had to produce a look within that 30 minute time frame. We didn't have to talk or you know do anything additional during that time. It was just literally us styling on stage in a 30 minute time frame. It's a really big deal. There's so many different competitions. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the ones that you've been involved in over the course of your career. But the Denman one is so fascinating. I remember when it launched, which was probably at least 10 years ago. I've known a lot of the Denman folks over the years. And um, to go on stage as to be, you know, a star on stage, you know, as part of you know, coming through this competition, that's a really big and very unique opportunity. It really is. And, you know, I, I was getting a lot of messages afterwards, you know, kind of saying I, USA should have won. You did a good job, this, that or the other. It was, you know, a lot of positive feedback, but I would not have done anything differently. I would not have changed my look. I wouldn't have done anything. I did hair, makeup, and wardrobe for my model. Um, and I, it was all about staying true to who I am and who I've built my career to be in this industry. So with the exception of wanting to talk, that would have been the only thing that I really would have changed. Like, give me a microphone and let me talk about what I'm doing. But other than that, you know, it was a great experience. And the young lady that won, um, I wish her the absolute best. Everything happens the way that it's supposed to. And it was a great opportunity to just get that visibility. Competition, you know, there's throughout all of our lives. I mean, we're all exposed to it. But first of all, as Americans, we're kind of obsessed with sports, right? And those are all competitions. And then in our industry, we have so many different ways you can compete, you know, um, across every category of the industry, whether you're in school, whether you're a professional. I mean, on an annual basis, I would say tens of thousands of professionals compete. The number of winners is not very many. <laughs> so if you, all you care about is winning, like if that is it for you, you miss out on so much. I mean, there's so much more to competition than winning. Absolutely. There's so much more to it. Like 
I've never had any desire, if I'm completely honest, to be a competitive hairstylist or makeup artist. Like, I consider myself competitive, like if I'm playing cards or Monopoly or sports. (laughs) But, you know, like I didn't see myself as that in the beauty space at all. And I didn't start kind of putting myself out there like that until I entered aesthetic school. And that was when I submitted for Beacon and I won Beacon. And I didn't know who else they were looking at. It wasn't about that for me. It was about putting my work out there and showing people why they need to be paying attention to what I'm doing. Love that. Now, I'm going to jump into our first question. I got so obsessed with what we were talking about that I skipped it, but I I want to come to it. And then we're going to kind of take a a little trip through your career because it's such a fascinating career that you have had. Um, So best advice to our audience. I always love to ask folks um, who are doing the kind of things that you do because you come in contact with a lot of people and and have, have lived a life. And so Best advice someone else has given you that you think has helped you in your career that that might be of interest to our audience? I think one of the best pieces of advice I've received is from my mother, Um, because there have been times that I have just really kind of worn my heart on my sleeve Mm. and then wondered why I was hurting in the end. And one of the reasons for that was because I was just so excited and so anxious to share things that were occurring in my life. And my mother was like telling everybody everything. (laughs) And it sounds so simple, but like (laughs) I like took that and sprinkled that across every area of my life. You know, I don't announce every single thing that I'm doing when I'm doing it. I wait. I take the time to really kind of map things out, to have a plan. I pray, like I do a lot of different things. And then once it's done, I still might not say anything, you know? So that was one of the the biggest pieces of advice that I have literally been able to sprinkle throughout my entire life, both personally and professionally. I love that. In an industry like ours, you know, there's a lot of ego or we're perceived sometimes that way, you know, and I think that um, keeping some of that stuff to ourselves in a way, I think, levels that out because, you know, we, we tend to be an industry. I think sometimes that people throw rocks for all the wrong reasons at people. And so, sometimes it is kind of difficult to, to wear your heart on your sleeve, as you said. Yes. And it's interesting, too, because I remember specifically for Salon International, I was being asked multiple times by multiple people what I was planning on doing. And I I said, you're just going to have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. not going to show you my cards. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. So <laughs> I'm going to hold them very close to my chest. And when I'm ready, then I'll let you know. <laughs> That is that is a great secret amongst many of the greatest competitors that I've known throughout my life in this industry. So, yeah, hold those cards close when you're in that competitive arena. So, yes, I, yes. I want to take you back uh, to something I wasn't aware of until we hopped on the phone a bit ago or on our Zoom, I should say. But you started your career late in life. And I'm always fascinated about those stories. So, so give us the short version of how the heck did you get to beauty? So the short version was... When I started my company, 3J Productions, I was managing mostly talent. 
So those were aspiring models, aspiring singers, aspiring designers, and majority of them were African-American. And their number one complaint was, I can't find anybody to do my hair or makeup. And this is when I lived in South Carolina. And I was like, oh, don't worry, we'll figure it out. And me saying that was literally the jump start to entering the beauty industry because I was their hair and makeup until I started, you know, gaining relationships with other people. And I was doing it all wrong for a very, very long time. But that's how it started. That is truly, truly how it started. They, they say necessity is the mother of invention. And you had, a, you, you had a necessity. Now, makeup was your first passion. It's from, you know, so you really dove into makeup in a big way. And in many parts of the country, you don't need a license to do makeup. I think it's more common that way, but you managed to move yourself across country and ran into a little bit of a surprise. Totally. So when I moved from South Carolina to Arizona, I had already been doing makeup artistry for a few years. I didn't quite consider myself a professional yet because I still was juggling that full-time job. Um, And I still felt like there was a lot that I needed to learn. However, I had built up a pretty good resume when I relocated. So when I got to Arizona, I quickly learned that in order for you to practice as a makeup artist, you had to obtain an aesthetics license. So that's where that first licensure came into place. So I went to um, Penrose Academy in Scottsdale, Arizona. It was an amazing experience. I, I knew um, the, I knew the former owner. I don't. She probably wasn't yes, there when you. Jill, Jill Kohler. Kohler. Jill Kohler. Yes. Hi to Jill. She Love is Jill. awesome. Most she awesome. Is absolutely awesome. And I enjoyed my experience. And shortly after graduating and obtaining my license, they deregulated in the state of Arizona, and you no longer needed oh, the license oh to gosh, practice. But you got all that training, which I'm sure you you value to this day. Um, Absolutely. And so, so, so not a bad thing. Now, you, um, we're going to get into some awards that you've won, some pretty darn big awards. Um, but I think I want to go first to hair because you, at some point, when, when did hair start to creep into your, you mentioned, you know, before you moved to Arizona, it sounds like you were doing something with the hair for, for your clients, um, those with your agency, but when did hair become a thing of, of greater interest for you? So I, um, basically I work on set and that was primarily what I was doing and going through school is how I learned what the technical terminology for what I was doing was called. So oftentimes being on those sets, I, as a makeup artist, I was always asked to do hair and could do it, but I didn't feel confident. And there was, you know, some things that I would have liked to have tweaked, or I would have to call in, you know, somebody else that I knew was really strong in hair, which was totally fine. Cause you know, it's all about networking and building rapport, but The more I started getting those requests for being a combo artist, I was like, maybe I need to go back to school and just really make sure that I understand what this is. And that's what prompted me to return to school and then become dually licensed. So I that's what prompted me to go back to school and get my hairstyling license. So I am a I refer to myself as a dually licensed session stylist because I primarily work on set, whether it's editorial 
print, fit, film, television, commercials. That's the space that I live in. And what, when did you graduate? What year did you graduate from your cosmetology program? Hair, I didn't finish hair until, like, I did that during COVID. So that was okay. 2021. Okay. So, yes. But, that but you like, got there. I did. I did. And as soon as I got done with that, I took another uh, coursework that was more business related um, through entrepreneurship, which I had already been doing. But I mean, you know, people were giving away free education almost seems like during COVID. So yep, yep. I took that. That was like a six months course. And um, I just continued to keep my skills sharp in everything that I was doing. I love that. And, and, and education being the foundation of pretty much everything that you've done. So I, I so love that. I do want to ask, so for, especially for, for younger listeners, what you mentioned about being on set. And from what I've heard from others, that makeup artists being asked to do hair sometimes and hairdressers asking to do makeup sometimes. And I'm sure it drives the other party in the industry crazy, but it's very common, isn't it? It, it has been very common. Yes. Um, at one point, we, it seemed like we were going to kind of get away from it. But considering how things have been going recently with like all of the strikes and so forth that are happening in Hollywood, um, it's nice to be able to say that you're a combo and then not just be a combo, but licensed because Absolutely. a lot of the people that work in those spaces are not licensed. They've just been doing it for years and years and years. Um, so for me, it just gives me another means of validation and, you know, not saying that you have to do it. That was just what I chose to do because I felt like it was going to help me continue to grow in my skills and be able to better market myself. Well, and, and education is going to make most of us better at what we do. And one thing that's fascinating, especially in the Hollywood side, but Hollywood is everywhere. Hollywood, Hollywood's a geography, but we know that the entertainment industry is everywhere. Um, that because of the way the unions work, a lot of quote unquote hairdressers and makeup artists um, in who work on set, they don't have any licenses at all. And the unions allow for that. They kind of have a almost like apprenticeships, I think, that many people go through and get into that world and stay in that world. Yes, definitely. I know there's different unions depending on what side of the country that you're living in. And, you know, some are a little bit more stringent than others as far as their prerequisites. Um, and it's difficult for me being based in Arizona and traveling so much, you would think that I would automatically be a part of the union, but I'm not. And I don't even know if it's something that I would consider at this point. Like it would have to be just like an absolutely amazing opportunity that would fall in my lap. Because I've really, really shown up in a lot of spaces. So all of these opportunities that I have been thankfully granted have been because I've people have saw my work ethic, they've seen my work, and then my professionalism, all of those things begin to speak to themselves. But then also, too, all of them were referrals. Mm -hmm. And that speaks to the power. You said those words showing up. I mean, it's so powerful. And I mean, since we first met, which has not been that long, everywhere I go, there's Julia. And I'm talking about the shows, of course, and there's many shows. We think of the really big ones, but we got our regional shows. You mentioned the international shows. I didn't make it to Salon International this year, but I've been there a few times. And um, yeah, you show up and, and you're a testament to the power of showing up. I am definitely a testament to the power of showing up. And I'm doing all of this independently. Like I'm not represented by any brand. 
I don't have a ton of social media followers at all, like not even close to what people would assume, but it doesn't matter. When you see me, you know that one, it's going to be great work. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be great education. Like my visibility is unmatched as it relates to what my social media following is. I know people are always like really pushing numbers for social media, but like I'm nowhere near 10,000 followers. And I, like you said, I'm, I show up everywhere. I really do. And you can't beat showing up in real time. I mean, so I'm a huge fan and proponent and even an evangelist for social and digital media, but you know what, at the end of the day, there ain't nothing better than showing up in person as many places as you can and showing up in the right places. You know, that Mm -hmm. matters. Now, one place you showed up and it's the first time you showed up there was 2017, but that would be in the world of Naha, you know, the North American hair, I always get it screwed up, hairstyling awards, I believe. Yes. And of course it is more than hairstyling, you know, it, it, it includes makeup and your very first time entering the most prestigious hair, makeup, and nail competition, I would argue in the world, um, photographic competition, I should say, um, you showed up as a first-time entrant and a first-time nominee, exclamation, 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 in 2017. That's almost unheard of, you know? Yes. And you know what? Somebody said that to me afterwards, too, because I remember when I found out that I had made it to the finalists. And then, of course, sitting in the audience, you know, kind of just butterflies, because that was my first time in that type of environment. And afterwards, when I didn't win, I'll never forget, Larry Curtis came up to me and he was like, it doesn't matter that you didn't win. He was like, do you know how many times I had to enter before I got my first win? He said, you're a first time entrant and a first time finalist in one. He said, just keep doing it. And that stuck with me for a really long time because I was like, you know what? If he's telling me that it took him over 10 times before he made his first one, then I'm doing pretty darn good. So yeah. And, and Larry Curtis is known throughout the industry as a school owner from, from Utah and um, somebody I adore. Shout out to Larry. I haven't talked to him since before the pandemic. You made me, gave me a reason to reach out to Larry Curtis, who, who I've got in my cell phone. Um, okay, so fast forward to 2022. You are now a nominee, obviously, entrant nominee, and you get the big award. You are the Makeup Artist of the Year for Naha, which, again, I don't remember when they started the Makeup Awards. It was not in the beginning. It's been around for a bit, but there's a handful of individuals who've received this prestigious award and and usually are one of them. What has that meant for you, you and your career? It's been a great deal. It's meant a great deal. That was five years. It was only five years from my first time entering and becoming a finalist to entering, becoming a finalist and winning. Like, I didn't say anything to people, but I was entering during those years where you didn't see my collections, but you actually did see my collections because every time I didn't make it to the finalists category, my collection was featured in some 
national print publication. So nobody knew that it was a Naha collection, but it didn't matter because I was still, like we said, showing up. I was making sure that it was visible. My name was still out there. And it wasn't necessarily um, hair publications. I was reaching out to like publications that I knew had a different audience than what the beauty industry was able to provide me. And um, honestly, there was an award that I won the year before I won Naha, which was actually coming out of COVID. And that was the International uh, Beauty Industry Awards, the IBI Awards. I won that category for um, 2020-2021, the exact same collection, because my collection for 2022 was a remix. Mm, I, I love that. And yes, we can see each other on Zoom. And I see I see those awards behind you. And so yeah, I wish everybody could see them. But they 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 are impressive. So you got to show up. We've talked a lot about that. But relative to all this too, and I think this applies to everything in our careers, you got to do the work, you got to do the work. And you've been do, you've been busy doing the work. Yeah, I've been doing the work in Doing the work does not consist of somebody always having to mention you. That's not you doing the work. That's somebody mentioning you. And when I say mentioning, that doesn't have anything to do with referrals. You know, I think sometimes people like I'll get messages from people every now and again, and they'll be like, can I pick your brain? And I'm careful with that because I know I really had to take the time and invest in, and not monetarily investment, but my time. I had to take the time to really invest in what I felt like I wanted my career to look like in this beauty space, especially coming in as somebody that had already had over 20 years in the business side of, you know, a totally different industry. So I was very, very clear and I had to do a lot of work. And you know, I appreciated the fact that, and I still do, I think about it all the time. Nobody can take credit for anything that I've done. Like it's literally been me putting the blood, sweat and tears in, and it's been a lot of tears. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a lot of opportunities where I feel like maybe I didn't make the right decision or I should have changed something and, you know, second guessing myself and like, It's just, you know, a lot of different thoughts, but I'm really thankful for where I am right now and where I'm continuing to go because it's letting me know that all of that hard work is paying off. And as a a mom, even, you know, I have two adult children and one teenager, like they're able to see that because they saw all of the commitment. They saw all of the time that I was up late or, you know, juggling that full-time job and still trying to work in the beauty industry or going to school. They were witness to every bit of that. And I think when you take the time to really show up for yourself and do the work yourself, nobody can take that away from you. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I, I want to speak about the work to, to give clarity, I think, to the audience, you know, kind of expansively, because so many things you've mentioned are parts of the work. I mean, those classes that you didn't need to take during pandemic because they were so available, so many people didn't pay attention, didn't take, that's work, you know, Getting yourself educated, that's part of the work. When we show up at a beauty show, you know, I've been showing up. I, I was trying to do the math. I, I said on a recent podcast, I think I've been to over 500 shows in my over the course of my life, but I've been doing this for a really long time. I've shown up at those 500 plus events. Now, once I get there, I got to do the work. 
<laughs> and even the networking, I consider the work, you know, going there going, okay, it's a big building full of all kinds of people. Um, some of them are, are my heroes. Some of them are role models. Some of them are newbies that I'm curious about, but I got to decide that I'm going to go do the work on that show floor, you know? So that's, that's important. And, and the work behind the chair and the work in between clients and the work to practice and the work to, to creatively prepare yourself to enter into a competition like Naha. That's every bit of that is work. Totally. Every bit of that is work. And, and you're right. Showing up at the shows is work as well. You know, I think it's important to go to these events and not only educate yourself, but take the time to to attend some of the networking events or the one-off events that maybe everybody might not be getting an invitation to. Like, I'm not so much the one that's going to go to the party. I want to go to the event that all of the decision makers are at because I'm a decision maker for my own career. So let's see how we can talk. Let's see how we can collaborate and what we can come up with for some type of a deal. I grew up in South Florida and, and Disney World, and again, I'm older, so I remember when Disney World happened. And, and when I was in college, we were not too far from there. So every chance we got, we'd go in on discount days and things. And we learned really quick that you want to really have an enjoyable time at Disneyland, Disney World, I should say, and, and get the most of it. You need to plan your day. You need to, you need to plan. There's a lot going on. If you aren't smart enough to know which rides are busy when, you don't, you don't get to go on all the rides you want. You spend half your time in line. So there are strategies that you could, I feel the same way about beauty shows. I, I love shows. There's so much going on. It's like going to the Disney world of beauty. And the best way to show up at a show is to have a plan. Right. To look yeah, in advance. I agree. Yeah. Talk about that for a minute. Like what, what's your strategy at a beauty show? I am the exact same way. And when I first started educating at the events, that's what I would tell people. If you're going to make a plan to go to an event, make a plan that makes sense for you. Let one day be your shopping day, walking the floor day, and then let the other day be your educational day. And then research the educators. Like, what is it about that class that is attracting you? It doesn't have to be the number of followers that a person has. Like, what is it that is truly grabbing your attention that's saying, you know what, I can learn from this individual? Um, because I've been to a lot of classes and some of them <laughs> were not the best. Right. You know, they yep. had great yep. social media followings, but they're just not good at being an educator, you know? So I think all of that is super important. Always, always have a plan, a meticulous planner. And I know, Gordon, you mentioned that nobody can see, but like I have notebooks. Yes, <laughs> you do. every notebook has a meaning. So I am a meticulous planner, a note taker. Like I believe in being prepared 100% of the time. I think shows are one of the more unique opportunities to do all kinds of things in the industry. And I, I don't believe in wasting time at a show. So all that planning, absolutely. I tell people, you're at a beauty show when you're standing in line for coffee, turn to the person in front of you and behind you, introduce yourself and say, what have you seen that's interesting? Like, why not? I, I, I believe in looking at that show program online before you even leave your home for the show and going, hmm, I'm going to pick one person. I'm going to be bold and go meet. I'm going to go meet Julia. I'm going to go meet a rock star in the industry in this category or that category. Uh, somebody I've always thought, ooh, because here's what I know about so many of the people in the industry, like you, like so many of the stars, they're thrilled to have someone come up and say hi. 
You know, it's, 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 we are such a gracious industry and the opportunities, you know, to, to meet people at events are, are huge and you just don't know where those opportunities just might lead you. All right. So a lot of stuff, um, we, this, these, these talks go by so fast and, and I'm going to give you the last question, but one we'll dig into a little bit because it's an important question. And again, you've had a long career, all kinds of good stuff has happened to you. I'm sure challenges along the way. So your best advice, your best advice for our audience, those who are looking to have, you know, great careers. What would be your best advice for them? My best advice is to do it scared. Mm. I think we get in our own way sometimes by allowing fear to prevent us from taking that next step or that next leap in something we might um, have had an aspiration for or made a goal about. So um, I like I have a artwork piece on my wall in my living room that says faith over fear. And that is truly how I believe I should walk in every aspect of my life. So do it scared, regardless of knowing what the outcome might be, there's going to be a lesson in it for sure. Good. That's really good advice. Like really, really good advice. And, and I haven't heard it before. So that makes it even more interesting. I, I think I need to turn that into a quote, do it scared. That's a, that's a good one. That is a good <laughs> I'm going to start wearing it on a t-shirt. How about I, that? I think you should make a t-shirt. You might be able to sell some of them and connected to that. You know, we we want to help build up your social media a little bit. I know it's not a priority and it doesn't need to be. <laughs> Thank you. Tell people where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Jalea DP. So that's spelled J-A-L-I-A-D-P. And I still have a Facebook page for the people out there that are like, oh my gosh, who still has a Facebook page? But many, I do. I many, have a many, business many. Facebook page. And it's my first and last name, Jalea Pettis. So um, yeah, of course on TikTok, I put a little bit of different content that I would on Instagram, but I'm in the process of kind of thinking that I want to shift how I'm showing up. So I I might be changing what it looks like here pretty soon. But yes, that's where you can find me. And it'll be all things beauty, all things business, all things inspiration. A little mystery. I love a little bit of mystery at the end of the podcast. And so um Julia, this has been wonderful. You got so much good stuff here. We're going to have to do it again for sure. Um, I want to say on behalf of Beautycast Network, um, for so many things, you are one of our biggest supporters. You know, you are at our events, you know, you are at the booths and we're at shows. You know, you just have been a cheerleader for Beautycast Network. And so on behalf of the whole team, I want to say thank you for that. It really means a lot. It is a pleasure to be a part of the Beautycast Network crew. I love Jim and Penny, they have been cheerleaders since the first day that I met them. Oh, that's so, so, well so I, I appreciate them. And, you know, of course, I was just in Chicago with them yes, a you couple were. of days ago. So that it was even better. So it was glad to end off the year of student education as a part of the beauty cast team. Oh, thank you so much. And and again, check out Julia online. But Pretty much in any beauty show you go to, there's a good chance you might just run into Julia Pettis. So check the educational program, um, check the competition areas, you know, where, where she's also often seen kind of helping to coordinate and host those events. So um, really good stuff. I can't wait to see you myself at one of those shows soon. So a very big thank you to Julia Pettis, award-winning makeup artist, dual licensed session stylist. Did I get that right? Yes. 
It's a big deal, actually. You are a unicorn as well. Um, if you like what you heard today, I encourage you to leave a rating and or review for the podcast. Hit the subscribe button and better yet, um, share it with a colleague. Share it with somebody to pay it forward and get this great information out to somebody else that you can help. So be sure to follow us over at Beautycast Network on Instagram, Beautycast on Facebook and BeautyCastNetwork.com online. So this has been the Mastering Beauty Podcast from Beautycast Network. Thanks again to our guest, Julia Pettis. Be sure to tune in every Sunday for new episodes. I'm Gordon Miller, host and CEO of Beautycast Network. Um, we cannot wait to share more with you again next time. 